0: a.m. in New York, 8 a.m. in Johannesburg, and 8 p.m. in Bangkok. Welcome to the Expat Happy Hour. This is Sunday Shunander Bean from sundaybean.com, and I'm a solution-oriented coach and intercultural strategist for individuals and organizations, and I am on a mission to help you adapt and succeed when living abroad and get you through any life transition. We all have places that we want to see, you know, things we want to do and to do is you want to cross off of our bucket list. And you know it would be fun to go with someone, but what if you're in a new city or a new country and there's no one who wants to do the same thing as you do? Or maybe the people you'd love to go with can't. Today's episode of Expat Happy Hour helps you see how it's time to stop waiting and start doing. And it is my absolute pleasure to have our guest on today, who is an Emmy-nominated journalist. It is Michelle Ponto. She's written for a number of magazines and media companies, including the Discovery Channel, the New York Times, CBS News, and Harlequin. Over the years, Michelle has interviewed people from all over the planet, including some of the world's top scientists, superheroes, and celebrities like Beyonce. She's also written a book called Go Solo, How to Have Fun Without the Plus One. And that is why she is on Expat Happy Hour today. Michelle, it is such a pleasure to have you. Thank you for being here.
1: Well, it's wonderful to join your show here today, Sunday.
0: Listen, and Michelle is amazing because the last time I saw Michelle, she was in South Africa. She was just leaving Saudi Arabia and she just moved to Belgium this week. (laughs) So I'm sure you're sitting in an empty apartment, Michelle. Tell me where I'm wrong.
1: Oh, it, it is empty. You could probably hear the echoing. There's not even furniture. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so uh, one of, there's so many reasons why I'm so happy to have Michelle on the show today. And one of them is she gets it. She's an expat. She knows what it's like to start a life in a new country. She's been to Switzerland, Germany, Canada, the US, as I said, I just said, Saudi Arabia, and more. She understands how it feels to be new in a place, not speak the language, and how to face that challenge of creating connection and, and doing things that you love. Um, but Michelle, I, I kind of need to share a little bit of a backstory about how we met, if you don't mind.
1: Yeah, no problem.
0: <laughs> so <laughs> Michelle and I, I went to, um, there was a hotel resort in Johannesburg that I was at to meet my own coach. I was doing a retreat over the weekend and I had organized with my coach to go running in the morning. So this is the first time I had seen Uh, my coach, Susan Hyatt, in six months in person, right? She and I had been working together, but never met in person. So I was really excited to meet her. And there was another runner that was coming on our run. And when you came, Michelle, and I was trying to like check out the vibe, like it's kind of like in the airport or in the the, um, airplane, like does this person want to talk or does this person want to (laughs) be... I want to be left alone. So, you know, we did the, you know, you know, where are you from? And you said Saudi Arabia. And I, for me, of course I had a thousand questions, but I didn't want to be that person who asked you, you know, are you really from Saudi Arabia? Where, you know, where are you originally from? I thought, I'll just let it be and see if she's interested um, in talking. And then we started our run and it was going uphill. <laughs> at the beginning and I could barely breathe so it, we didn't actually get starting to talk until we were probably 5k into our run
1: yeah because that was um he, he started off really hard which actually is kind of good because everyone's uncomfortable with that long uphill run and then by yeah. the time we we had bonded at the top of that hill making it up, and people were like oh
0: in the conversation. I just, I'm kind of wondering how, many, how much money I would have to put in the swear jar by the time we got to the top of the hill. But what I found out, and this is what I thought was so interesting about that, is what I found out is that you were living an expat life. You had just written a book, or it, it came out, I think, in 2007. Is that
1: right? Uh, 2017, so a year ago now.
0: Right, go solo, how to have fun without the plus one. And you know, thankfully I caught my breath at the top of the hill because by the time we were done, I realized you had so many interesting life experiences and such an important message to share um, with my audience. So again, thanks for being here tell our listeners, um, you wrote this book, go solo, how to have fun without the plus one. Tell us, how did you get here? How did you get to a place where you're living abroad, you know, multiple countries, and now you're an expert on solo travel?
1: I've been an expat now for, I'm originally from Canada, but I haven't lived in Canada maybe in 20 years. So I've been just kind of doing the expat floaty life for a long time. And it started in, I was was in my late 20s, and my sister-in-law... Uh, just married my brother her name's also Michelle so another Michelle Ponto, and she got sick and I thought you know here's this woman is she finally married the man of her dreams my brother mm-hmm. <laughs> and she was waiting her whole life to travel and now she's sick and she can't do it so what am I waiting for well, I'm I'm waiting for my plus one why aren't I doing the things I want to do whether it's traveling whether it's going to nice restaurants whether it's just doing whatever I want. Wine tasting on the weekend. What am I waiting for? And I just decided then and there I would change everything. I changed wow. my career. I changed the things I did, and I obviously changed the places I live. I decided I've always wanted to work abroad, and I just started applying, and it it happened. It, it took a lot of work. Like you. Don't oh, I'm sure. Apply for one or two jobs, you apply for thousands at the beginning.
0: <laughs> yeah. You must just have massive uh, perseverance.
1: Yeah, I was. You get very determined. You just keep saying, "Okay, I'm going to do this. If I don't do this now, why? What things might change in ten years? Ten years, I might, um, I might not be able to travel, or I might not be able to move to these places. I need to do it now when I have when I can do it. Whether it's uh, just the right time in the career to take the chance." Or the right time financially, or just the right time mentally to do it. You're, you know, what if in ten years from now my parents aren't feeling well and I have to come home? Right. Now is the time to do it.
0: Well, there's two things I really love about what you're saying. First of all, you gave you made my long blonde arm hair stand up on my arms. Um, one, I love how you're just you're you're really facing. Um, what we all like to ignore is our own vulnerability, fragility, um, mortality, and saying, am I really living the life that I want to live? If if I can now, why wait, right? And you courageously um, said, no, I'm, I'm going to, this is not going to be a thing I talk about or dream about or do pin boards about. I'm going to actually do it. The other thing I love about what you said is, I mean, this I know with my whole body, how much work that is. And That's one of the things I think that um, in our social media curated lives, people don't understand the hard work that's behind living the life that you really want like going solo, living abroad, getting jobs in exotic places, um, going to amazing restaurants. Like, there's a lot behind. the Instagram, you know, polished photo of that. And I think when people start doing the work or when they they start understanding what's behind it, they get um, scared off and don't want um, or don't think they have what it takes to make it happen. I think it's a combination of that. And some people
1: get hung up on the finance part of it. But the thing is you, like I am living on, like you said, on Instagram, my life looks fantastic but I am always looking for deals. I cannot live in the mansion of my, my dreams. I can't have the car that I want. So you're still, you're still living like you would in your, the country that you currently are at, at home, looking Mm -hmm. for deals, looking for sales, looking for ways that you can get what you want without having to live beyond your means, but still live your authentic life. You're just living in in a different place.
0: Right. And what I'm hearing there is also, it's really clear on your values. Like your value is the experience and the adventure, and that is probably a higher value than um, let's say comfort or predictability, right?
1: Yes. And everyone has their, their own things that they're looking forward to. For me, the adventure rates higher than having a house. Right. where other people that I've met w- when they are solo, were they were afraid to even buy the house because they were waiting for that plus one to buy it with them. But if right. that dream house is their dream, that's what they should do.
0: Mm-hmm. Right. Wow. So there's, there's so much to explore here. I mean, so you got started. Um, you, where was your first place to go? Like, What was the first thing when you left Canada?
1: Um, well, there was little things I did while, even while I was still in Canada, because I was testing the boundaries, because my boundaries were really narrow at the beginning. Like I had not eaten in a, a nice restaurant by myself. I hadn't, I hadn't gone like I've always wanted to do Latin dance classes. So I thought, why, if, why am I waiting if none of my girlfriends want to do this, and I don't have any guy to come with me? Why can't I take a Latin dance class by myself? Why can't I go to that paint and wine thing by myself? Why do I always have to go with a girlfriend? So it was starting off with being outside the comfort zone, even within my own city. And then I took the leap. I I said, okay, I've been working as kind of like a journalist in Canada. I wanted to expand. So the first place I went to was, um, I applied to so many places because it's hard. It's hard for people. You're taking a chance in yourself, but whoever hires you is also taking a chance in you. Mm-hmm. So I, my first place that gave me the chance was Memphis. There was a, a WREG in Memphis hired me to come in and start their online journalist, um, their online journalist um, part. They had just, it was, it's been 20 years now. So the web, web news was only just beginning.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And that's where I got my start. They gave me the chance. And that was Moving from Canada to the U.S. doesn't seem like a big step, but the South is very different from Canada.
0: Oh, right, right. Culturally, <laughs> there's a lot different. Historically, Isn't... it's very different. Yeah. But what, I'm, what I'm hearing for our listeners, too, is I think it's great advice. And I'm, I'm thinking specifically of um, an accompanying partner who moves abroad with their family and with their kids and their partners working and they've got this time on their hands while their partner's at work and their kids are at school and they're by themselves and they don't know anybody yet, right? And I love what you're saying here is, you know, before you're, let's say, backpacking by yourself somewhere on your own, like why not take small steps and go to the wine tasting on your own or take the, the Latin dance? I love that. And the, honestly, it's one of the strategies I tell my clients, when you're trying to meet new people in an unfamiliar area, is do what you love, and then you're going to naturally meet people who share common interests. It's actually, you know, one, you're, you're doing something that you love, and that is already enough. And the second is, while doing that, you're naturally going to meet people where you have a commonality, and that helps create connection.
1: Mm-hmm. Absolutely.
0: Absolutely. And I like what you said too, about like when you, you know, when you're going to move abroad and, and let's say get a job abroad, it's, it is a, you know, taking a chance on yourself or it, really tapping into that idea of I can do this. And, and I think that's, that's courageous, that courageous first step. And what you did is you took it, you know, step by step to build up the courage. Yeah.
1: There's there, and of course now that the trips are like, I, you don't even think about them. I, because I have this philosophy of, of if, especially if I'm not sure how it's going to work, I'm like, well, hundreds of people have already done this. It's possible. I can do this.
0: (laughs) Right. Right. Love that. Hundreds of people have already done this. So whenever whoever's listening and you're thinking about doing something, and it feels really scary for you. Know that hundreds of people have already done this. (laughs) So I'm thinking about, you know, you've got this idea of um, go solo, how to have fun without the plus one. And the reality of many people, um, they've got not just plus one, but they're like plus five, right? They've (laughs) They've got yes. <laughs> kids and partners and organizations they have to worry about. So I, I really think you have a lot of value to offer with this mindset. Um, what advice do you have for people who are living abroad, are finding themselves a new city or a new country, and they've got plus four? <laughs> How can we embrace this, this um, life plus mentality rather than plus one? What could anyone who's listening out there Um, experiment with that you know works?
1: I think especially if you have a family, what happens with a lot of the the spouses is they end up doing things just for their kids because they're comfortable comfortable doing that. Mm -hmm. And they are so used to giving all their time to other people that they forget about themselves. So the one thing I'm learning, especially because I just got to Belgium, so there's a language barrier here and I know nothing, is watch how your kids make friends and do it. It's Mm -hmm. kids make friends instantly. They go someplace, they're having a good time, and now they have a best buddy for life. So Mm -hmm. do the same thing as your kids do. For example, yesterday I was getting my hair cut and I heard English. So I I went over and said, oh, hey, where are you from? And now I have a phone number. And normally if I was at home, I'd be like, okay, this is a crazy girl. I'm not going to ever call them. But because I am someplace are and I have to reach out I'm going to be like I was when I was five years old and actually call this person and say do you want to have coffee so be be like your kids be open to making friends and take that first step or if somebody comes up don't be afraid to call them right if they reach out and say give us a call if you have any questions do it because this could be a connection or a connection that will lead to another connection that could end up giving you um a friendship in different areas.
0: Well, and what I love about that—this is brilliant advice. I'm just seeing the sandbox right now, right? Like how you that idea of not dropping that need for connection that we have so clear as kids, and all the social norms come up as you get older. And what you're saying is, you know, I'm here, I'm new. And to be honest, my experience, let's say in Switzerland, it takes about 18 months to make, um, a friend that you could call up quick for coffee, right? Like, do you have 18 months to wait until you go for your first coffee? No. So what you're saying is, um, just give it a shot. And what do you have to lose really?
1: No, it's true. If they don't offer you their phone number or anything at the end, or they, they you know, if they kind of ignore you and don't want to keep the conversation going, just like you said, when we met, when we were running, you just don't continue it. You just keep going on.
0: (laughs) Right. Right. And think about, I think that's what we're always worried about. Like we're worried about um, what, what might happen. Right. And we're not focused on what we are losing. Like if you had walked out of that salon without her number you know, we have no idea what will happen with this friendship, but the potential of what you could lose, you could lose a friendship, you could lose a connection. We never think about that. We always think about losing face in the moment, right? Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah, or looking foolish. Right. But the thing is, when you're moving, nobody knows you. They might not ever see you again anyway. Right. So I am playing the, well, I'm as you know, I'm blonde. So I am playing the 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 dumb blonde card i don't know anything so i am i am being vulnerable when i go out and say you know you where, where are you from you're speaking english your accent sounds like you're from part of the u.s or even um somebody else they were wearing the same running shoes i was and they look sporty so i asked them i said is there a run club mm. and they said yeah yeah saturday there's a place that's just like three blocks from here 10 o'clock anybody can join like, okay, I'm going to go do that one.
0: (laughs) Brilliant. Brilliant. So what, I mean, one, you said um, you're playing the dumb, dumb blonde card, but you're actually just being honest. You don't know anything. You're brand new. So asking questions, what you're doing is what I always tell my clients about fast tracking their success, right? You're looking for commonality, running shoes. I love that example why not say, hey, you look like a runner, any running clubs? And they could say, no, I just bought these on sale. And then it's over, right? Who cares? Um, That's fantastic. Uh, Already super valuable. So for people who are listening, um, the challenge I'm offering based on uh, Michelle's fantastic advice is if you see an opportunity to create connection, tap into that sandbox uh, child of, your, of you and just talk, just make the connection. And the other thing you're saying is, if you see a commonality that could lead to information, if you're brand new, um, drop the fear of looking foolish and just ask.
1: Yes, absolutely.
0: What else? You have this thing in your book you talk about, are they staring at me? This idea of... Uh, going to a restaurant yeah the spotlight effect every it's a
1: psychological thing that everyone feels like the spotlight is on them especially if you're if you're on a if you're by yourself you think everyone is looking at you Mm -hmm. but the thing is everyone has their own spotlight on themselves so while you're thinking are they seeing me here by myself just having coffee do i look pathetic and lonely somebody else is thinking do i look fat in this dress Do I have something in my teeth? My hair looks awful today. I hope nobody notices that. Like everyone has their own spotlight that they are worried about their own insecurities. And what I find is, is that because people are so concerned about themselves, most of the time they don't notice you at all. Mm -hmm. So it's not, it's like, don't even think about your spotlight. It's everyone is in their own and it's, they're not paying attention to you. They're paying attention to things that are happening in their own world.
0: So how did you get over that? I mean, I remember, I, I don't know, most people know this, but I I met my, um, I was backpacking across Southeast Asia 20 years ago, uh, Thailand, Vietnam, and Laos. And then I met my husband at the end. So I was, I was traveling solo until I kind of met, met that guy. Um, and I remember feeling that um, that vulnerability and wondering um, If people were wondering about me, how did you get over that?
1: There's different things that you can do. First of all, I try to pick um, a place with a view in the, in the restaurant. So whether it's by the window, which people are like, well, I don't want to sit by the window. Everyone will see me. But the thing is when you're by the window, you have something to look at. You can look Mm -hmm. at people walking by. You can look at if the, if there's a view of a garden, you have something to look at. So you're distracted. Um, or a, a view of the kitchen you can watch the you know some of those restaurants have that open kitchen concept so you can watch things going on uh, another trick and this is one that my friend does which I think is brilliant I'm going to try it myself is she just takes her glasses off because she has this thing that if I can't see people clearly they can't see me <laughs> 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 I And mean, it's true because you can't see them staring at you if you can't see that far And she said she only discovered it because she has to take her glasses off to
0: read the menu now because she's at Mm -hmm. that age. (laughs) And she says it's great. (laughs) That's fantastic. That is so funny. And I mean, it's really, it's like, you know, unfortunately the world does not revolve around me, right? Like we always feel like it does, but you know, the hard reality is that it doesn't, you know, I know a lot of people who, um, as I said, are, you know, kind of like the plus four crew and they're starving to be on their own, right? they they would love to have some time on their own. So let's say there is, um, you know, someone out there who has been very dedicated to their family and, the um, their organization or whatever it might be, their obligations, and they're looking for just a weekend away for them. What advice do you have for them? When they're used to being in a pack and now finally have an opportunity to be by themselves, how can they make the best of it? They need to have
1: goals and they need to have plans. So you mentioned at the beginning the pin board and how people do this, but they don't actually go beyond the pin board. Mm-hmm. But having the pin board is good especially if you're about to do it Um, for example I had a friend who she finally made the jump and she went to Florence but then when she Mm -hmm. got there she had absolutely zero plans and then she felt lonely but if Mm -hmm. you come up with a plan like I know I want to go here like say you want to go I don't know whether it's just like a spa weekend somewhere by yourself you're like okay I already researched the city or the village and I want I'm going to go here for breakfast and then they have this going on and then there's a yoga class So you have a couple activities kind of planned so your day doesn't feel as lost, especially if you're used to having uh, like your plus four or plus five where you always have things planned and you're always on a schedule. Brilliant. Create your personal schedule. Just don't, if you just show up, you'll get lonely.
0: That is brilliant advice. You'll miss your kids. You'll feel guilty. You don't know what to do with yourself. (laughs) Right. Oh, I love that advice. I love that because often, you know, most of us are so busy and are like, I just going to do nothing. But then actually you get there and you're by yourself in the hotel room and you're like, Oh my God, it's quiet. (laughs) Great. Anything, anything else that you can offer for someone who has like the sacred weekend away for just them?
1: Um, pick something that is just for you and it doesn't like even you are so used to always doing things for the family that you are looking for ways to secretly sneak them along or you're still thinking about their schedule so pick a place that is is just for you not too big especially if you're not used to staying in some place by yourself for example, I remember once when I was first starting to travel, they had upgraded me, and now I would love this, but back then, 20 years ago when this was new, they upgraded me to a hut on the beach, which mm-hmm. was beautiful. It had four bedrooms, but I was just by myself, and having this big hut on the beach away from the connoisseur and the, the comfort of having to know that if I scream security, you he could hear me mm-hmm. was scary. So pick a place that fits... It's you emotionally as well, like some place that you're gonna feel comfortable with. It might be a small bed and breakfast. It might be it could be a hotel room. It could be some place where you feel like I need to be able to drive if I need to get away. So always think about what am I gonna be comfortable with? Your your first trip away, you might not wanna go like you did all the way to Laos because that's that could be scary <laughs> for people.
0: <laughs> I don't my parents just still don't understand that, but <laughs> Yeah, right. Don't do what I did. Just no. take, take smaller yeah. steps.
1: Take smaller steps. Language might be, might be important to you. You might want to feel comfortable being able to speak to people.
0: <laughs> I think it's good when your prefrontal cortex isn't fully developed. You make decisions <laughs> like this, <laughs> but it worked out okay. <laughs> other things that they can do
1: is um if you're traveling solo it doesn't mean you have to be completely solo like like you said you met your coach for the first time Mm -hmm. so you're still going without your family but you're meeting a fellow connection you might want to do a um you know if you always wanted to do one of those biking weekends you can do that by yourself there might be one or two other couples there but you're still going on your own and you'll meet people right
0: and that's honestly, when I, when I was um, traveling through Southeast Asia, I never felt alone. I, it, it was, I was always meeting people and having fun, and um, it was great to have the choice. Yes, there were some awkward moments. Yes, there were some moments where I'm probably, I'm sure I came across as like the desperate woman who was like, I am scared, and I need to know what the next step is, right? I'm sure that happened. But... Um, but there were a lot of times where it was so much fun to be to be independent and say, oh, have fun. You guys go do that. I'll, I'm doing my own thing. Like that that tapping into that independence and freedom. And here's one thing I think that was the most important part for me. And I, I re-tap into this when I also travel for business trips on my own. But, you know, I came from a small town and everybody, you know, knew everybody. My My English teacher actually had my brother, my sister, my mother, and my father for English. So <laughs> when he looked at me, he's like, you're a bean. And he could tell because he'd had my entire family. So it, it and although that was wonderful community, there was a part of that where you felt constrained. And when I was off, you know, imagine from North Dakota to Southeast Asia, I felt so free, like I could be anything and Anybody I wanted to be, and it wouldn't matter because nobody would have history. Nobody would say, oh, you're not like that, or that's too much or not enough, right? And it was so liberating to have that space to to explore, well, who am I when I don't have social constraints um, that are laid upon me? I think that's one of the best things that has happened to me when I've been able to travel on my own. Mm -hmm.
1: You do find that you open up, um, yeah, like you, I, I come from a big family, and I was always, I was a shy kid, but then when you travel, suddenly you're not already branded as the shy kid, right? I could be anything. I can tell people, even, even when I was changing my careers, I had to test it for a long time to say that I'm a writer, because it felt mm-hmm. weird saying that I'm a writer,
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: because it was a, different from... I, I, you know, from your, the previous, previous career where I was working in advertising and more in the producing side, I, I'm a writer. I'm like, Oh, okay. That feels weird. <laughs> right. So you, you test out who you are new identities.
0: That's so it's gorgeous. So the thing is, is I, you've already shared so many valuable things Um, I've taken copious notes, uh, what I love, and this is where my instinct was about having you on the show. You've got a book where, um, one super valuable for people who want to go solo to, you know, gain confidence and actually do it really pragmatic steps. And this is where I think my hunch was correct. You have this book is something that maybe, um, someone who's in a family would look over, but actually, it's probably what they need to pick up because it's going to give them ideas on how they can have these little mini getaways that they so desperately deserve and need to you know, rejuvenate, to bring that energy back into the family. You've got all of those tips there. So going solo doesn't mean you have to do that for 20 years. It could be for a weekend. It could be for a year. And all of that is packed in there. And I believe it could be even when your kids are at school, right? Like, mm-hmm. like, you know, if your kids are at school, you're home, well then, dang it, go to that yoga class by yourself. So thank you so much for writing that book. And I think that um, it has a lot of valuable for way beyond your original audience that you had in mind.
1: It, it does. Like uh, when I met you and you were talking about how it is for spouses when they're, when they're an ex, when they're part of an expat family, I thought, you know what, all those tips work for, for that same situation. Like the spotlight effect, they go through that. Even when you go on your little trips, because when I used to do them at the beginning, you think you're doing this great thing for yourself, but then you have all your friends who are actually not supportive because they think that, Oh, you should be at home. You shouldn't be doing yoga. You shouldn't go do this weekend away. You should always be with your family. So dealing with the, the, non, the non-supportive side, the, the, the surprising side that you think people should be proud of you, but they're actually, because you are doing something just for you, will, will try to make you feel bad for enjoying your life. <laughs>
0: Right. And my clients, it's like to, to actually say, I'm going to do this. They're already battling with their own guilt and, um, self-doubt. Right. And then when you're getting it from other sides, it just that moment of courage can waver because other people are saying it. Boom. Yes. I love that. So (laughs) I am so excited that you wrote this. Where can people find the book? Where can they find you? Um, they can, it's on Amazon.
1: So they just have to go, um, Go Solo, How to Have Fun Without the Plus One. It's available in all all the Amazons. And they can find me at uh, michelleponto.com.
0: And you have this amazing website. You are, you've got this. I was just saying, you know, before we hopped on the call today, I was looking through your blog and it just woke up the wanderlust in me again. Like, Oh, I want to go there and i want to taste that. And I want to experience that. So, um, check out Michelle's blog. You also do retreats, right? Is that, tell me, tell me more about your retreats that you do. I haven't done one for a little while, but I'm
1: I'm experimenting with different retreats because I'm finding that sometimes people need to just talk about the fears. Uh, so the week there are usually a weekend retreats. The last one I did was in Arizona, and it just I usually bring in a couple other guest speakers to, like maybe a yoga instructor, or maybe somebody who is doing um, self love. So there's a little bit variety, and we just have like a girls' weekend where we talk about it's, it's a, it's a weekend where you're kind of already spoiling yourself, but it's helping you move to the next step. So it's bringing you outside your comfort zone by doing things like hiking, yoga, maybe trying different foods, maybe doing some wine tasting without your plus one. And then we can talk about where, what the next step is, where, what are your dreams? What do you want to do? Have you always wanted to write something? What's holding you back? Because it's going solo is like, it's, I said, it's not just about travel. Sometimes it's just Doing things that you've always wanted to do. Uh, for example, I do have a friend who is a writer, who wants to be a writer, and I'm like, why Why are you not writing? What are mm-hmm. you afraid of? It's dealing with the fears and just moving forward, just overcoming those obstacles that are you creating within yourself.
0: Yeah, totally. And it could be even going solo, staying within your existing family structure, not disrupting that, but inside making choices. On things that you're going to do just for you, so mm-hmm. I love that. Oh my gosh, Michelle, I'm so grateful that you came on today, and I know it wasn't easy. Michelle is in an empty apartment; she just got there. She has to use her phone data to talk to me. She doesn't even have Wi-Fi yet. This woman is amazing. Um, so you are just giving a gift to to my entire audience. I just want to say thanks again for for showing up and um, sharing your wisdom. Any last parting words of wisdom that you would like to share with our audience? No pressure, right? <laughs> <laughs> no pressure.
1: <laughs> I, I just thought they should, people should follow their heart. I have had, my life has been so wonderful since I made this decision to just move forward. And whenever I'm afraid, I look at, I look at what, Like I said, I have that a hundred other people have other already done this, but I will look at the situation and think, am I just not doing this because I'm afraid? And that means I need to do it.
0: Totally. Thank you so much. So everybody who has been listening, thank you for being here. You can see why I was so excited to have Michelle on the show. I, I don't even know where to begin with takeaways. I mean, I want you to remember Her advice on if you're thinking about doing something for you, start with small steps so you build your confidence. Tap into that child in the sandbox and just make friends like kids do. Walk up to someone and and initiate um, dropping that fear of looking foolish. That will help fast track your connections in a new area. Uh, Forget the spotlight effect because everybody's got it. And um, if you really need to work on getting rid of the spotlight effect, you just take your glasses off. Um, Also, you know, if you are a plus four, plus five, if you find yourself traveling in a huge pack, um, it could be for everybody's benefit if you go off and do a day retreat or a weekend retreat so you can rejuvenate. And if you do that, then make sure that you have some plans for yourself. So once you get there, you don't feel lonely and pick something just for you so you can truly rejuvenate. So that and more um, was shared today. You can imagine what's in her book. So go ahead and check it out. Uh, it's just been such a pleasure. I want to say thank you for listening to Expat Happy Hour. This is Sunday Bean. I'll leave you with A few final thoughts. The first is from Sophie Cowenberg from Wonderful Wanderings. She says, travel is getting to know yourself by facing new experiences. And from an anonymous author, blessed are the curious, for they shall have adventures.